Welcome to Living Martial Arts with Master Ray Gale, aka The Dark Master. Living Martial Arts discuss and examines the everyday exercise, philosophy, and lifestyle of the martial arts enthusiast. The host talks about his own training, past and present, and he also interviews many martial artists to discover how they continue to live their own martial arts journey. Tune in for top tips on how to get the best out of your martial art. Or perhaps you're thinking of starting a martial art. This podcast offers you an easy way to dip your toe in. Sign up for the newsletter at livingmartialarts.com and get regular updates and training tips direct to your inbox. Follow the Dark Master on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Living Martial Arts. Hello and good day to all the Living Martial Arts uh, podcasts. I have a fantastic real treat for you today um, and I'm so excited that I have this guest with me today. Um, somebody who is uh, is a legend, I believe, and um, I've heard his name so many, many times and I'm sure you have. I'd like to introduce Grandmaster Wimboss uh, to the Living Martial Arts podcast. How are you, sir? I'm fine. Uh, thank you, Master, and uh, also thank you for inviting me to have a nice talk with you. Oh, great! I, I'm I'm very excited because, uh, as I said, um, uh, you were quite inf- instrumental and influential, actually, in my start, in my recent start in ITF Taekwondo when Puma Martial Arts were formed, uh, and you came over uh, to help us um, with uh, Major General Che at the time and um it was a fantastic weekend a very difficult weekend for me but it was a great weekend and i thank you for that because i'm not sure if i thanked you but i will thank you now thank you well at least i did something good (laughs) yes definitely definitely (laughs) well without further ado um as i always do on this podcast i'd like to um get just a a bit of a an overview and i know that when i ask this question it can it can take many weeks (laughs) but unfortunately we haven't got many weeks but uh i just wanted to um perhaps you can let our guests know you know how your martial arts your taekwondo journey began yeah that goes uh, back for a long long time yeah let's say i started in september 69 okay so yeah and I was quite lucky because, uh, well, I went to a gym after football, playing football. On my way home, I saw in a gym, people were training with a white kimono. I went inside. I asked, can I join? I joined. I did not like it. Uh, I did not like the lesson. Well, anyhow, a few months later, one of my friends, uh, his brother was also a teacher in Taekwondo. He was a, a brown belt because we did not have red belts at that time. Maybe you remember that. But anyway, he was brown belt. So, and uh, my friend said, uh, my, my, my brother, we do a lot of sparring. I said, okay, I come with you maybe one evening. So I went there and I stayed. So <laughs> 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 now I'm still there. <laughs> because it was a lot of sparring and, and I love the sparring. I mean, the patterns was also okay, but the sparring was that uh, that was really something that I, uh, I really liked. So I did some, some months. And two times a week, I got my green belt. And from that moment, uh, just a moment, sir. Just a moment. Okay. Just a moment. Okay, no worries. 
Okay, that's fine. We can continue. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, sorry because my my wife came home. So oh no, that's okay. <laughs> so so we did uh, we did a lot of sparring and then did, I mean I I really like that. So after my green belts, I decided to uh, train a little bit more. So it went for five times a week, six times a week, and that always have been let's say more of my life, training so. every day, putting efforts trying to get better. So then I became a regional coach. I became a national coach of Holland. Had a lot of success with the Dutch team. And then I came to Italy, started to work here, moved here in 1990, so yeah. 32 years ago. Wow. So I'm more Italian now than I'm Dutch. The <laughs> <laughs> so, goal is always the same. It it's always starts with a T. Yes. Ends with the dough. So it's always uh, a pleasure to go to the gym and to see my, my students and to train with my students. And yeah, sure. Brought, yeah, just to enjoy and to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, well, I think, I think that's, um, you know, the, 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 it, it, well, what I would say that the contrast there, you mentioned your first, uh, your first lesson or when you first started, you didn't like it very much. Uh, why was that? Was it just because it was? Was it the discipline, or was it the fact that I don't, I don't know? How, why? Why was it? Well, like that first. I, I, uh, when I, I I came to the gym, I think I was the youngest. Oh, I see. First of all, because in that time, Tegola was for elder people. It was not for yeah. for young. It was not for fifteen, sixteen years. It was more or less, let's say, maybe thirty. Well, I don't know, but it was yeah. elder people, and we did. Uh, one blue belt, he came to me and he, he I needed to do, let's say, Abdomo uh, Chirugi and walking stance up and down and then a low block up and down. I did not like that. That was not very dynamic. <laughs> I, I, I did not like that the traditional stuff, let's say like that. Yeah. But it, it was very much like that. I, I remember when I started, you know, going up and down the dojang and doing maybe low block and middle block for one hour. <laughs> just uh, now, if I did that now to my students, I think they'd leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you will have nobody in, in your gym. <laughs> in, my, in my in my class. So it was very 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 different. And uh, it's funny. I sometimes I tell my younger students uh, uh, how it was. You know the change. Um, you know, as you mentioned, when I started, it was all you know uh, guys uh, who wanted to fight. Um, there was no there was no children. There was no women. Yeah. Um, you know everybody just that was it and you you got hurt most lessons um oh, yes and and it, and it was tough but um see my my, my thing was i like i like the physical challenge it wasn't so much, i like the spine but it was the i like doing the press ups and the just yeah. uh, staying fit that was my thing um you know more more so than the ma the actual martial art at the time i i don't know whether that was um your thing you know whether you like that side of it i know you like the sparring but what what about the the sort of fitness and the exercises? Well, you know, in in those years, that was not really you had a program. No, that like people now have, there are so many exercises to do. But mm. when we talk about the seventies, I mean, my instructor, he was all he was the brown belt. So what sure. did he what did he know? I mean, yes. most of the people in the structures in in those years, they all came from judo. Yeah, because taekwondo was uh, brought in in Holland in 66, 1966. So I started in 1968, 69. So it was just a very fresh martial arts. Yeah, and sure. so those instructors that were teaching, they were not really, let's say, capable 
as as we are now in in, in teaching very well. But yeah. anyhow, I also enjoy the physical part and exactly of being hurt and hurting other people. That I really <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very very much so. You see, I I think that was the that was the thing. You you had to love it then to stay. Otherwise, you weren't yeah. going to stay. I remember, for example, my my head instructor, our head instructor. He was a, a, a military guy. He was a commando guy. He was a tough man. And I remember when we did one-step sparring, so I had one, with my, one of my friends or one of my colleagues, we, we did it really tough because we were so afraid that he would do with us. Yes. So we, we it was really, you know, it was yellow here. <laughs> it was yes, purple yeah. there. <laughs> if you do it now, the people they will sue you. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's very true. I I did my um my my gradings to, up to second degree with um uh, Grandmaster Riki Ha, and uh, when we were blocking, we had to make sure that we blocked properly. Otherwise, he said, "No, do it again." Uh, that's that's yeah. not strong, not strong enough. <laughs> yeah, that it all changed in in those in the years. Now everything changed because. Yeah, we change too because also we get older. Yes, and, uh, it is more uh, related to to yeah. Okay, uh, discipline, of course, that's that's normal. But also the social life is very important with the people in the gym. I mean, they also sure. want to have a thing to say and so on and so on. And meanwhile, they are training. I mean, I, I talk a lot with them, and uh, I think the people enjoy that more, much more. They have, are more relaxed than that we were. I mean, I was never relaxed, to be honest with you. Mm, yeah, always yeah. over concentrated because I was so afraid of my instructor. <laughs> well, I, I, again, I think I think that was the case. My my instructor was also military as well. I think in those days, most of yeah. the the people yeah. were military people. And um, you know, if we were in the wrong stance or our block was too high, he'd just come up and punch or kick you, yeah. uh, and say, "Right, make make sure you're blocking the correct place." Um, and, and so next time, you'd make sure your hand was in the right place. Yeah, you, you learn very fast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, very, very, very much indeed. Um, you you mentioned about uh, you know coaching and coaching the um, the Dutch team. Um, I, I I found coaching very difficult myself in the sense that. While I was coaching, um, and I think my last coaching was maybe 2002 in um, Argentina, Junior World Championships, and I found it difficult because I just wanted to get in and do it myself um, and be a competitor again. But, you know, I decided, well, you know, I'd had my time. So I actually came away from coaching. Um, did, did you find it hard, that transition from competitor to coach? Uh, well, you have to be a real, sometimes a little bit realistic in your life, no? Because uh, I had a lot of very good competitors in my gym. Yes. So, uh, okay, I became seven or eight times a Euro, uh, national championship in, in, in Holland in a row. Mm. And then I had other competitors. They were also very good in my weight class. I, I, I didn't find it correct that as, as a, I, as, as, a, as, a, as an instructor, took the place of one of my students. So it was time for me to say, okay, let's yes. uh, give all my, my time to, to my competitors and train them and step aside as, as yourself as competitor and become more instructor and coach to them. So that, that, that transition took place in 1979, but that's a long time ago. And in that time, I became also assistant coach in Holland. Mm. So then I think in 1980, we were in Crystal Palace 
in London. Yes. We had, yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I remember seeing you there. I was there. I was there. Yeah. And I was coach of the uh, assistant coach there. And uh, as I spoke, uh, let's say, quite well English, uh, and the, our head coach, he was a fantastic uh, competitor in, in those days, our head coach, but he couldn't speak English. So I took over a little bit, you know, the whole thing there and so on and so on. And then uh, 1981, he stepped back. 1982, he stepped back and I became head coach in Holland. So, I mean, it it, it went very, very fast, everything. It was a few years that I just, from competitor, became the coach. Mm. And then uh, we were in Glasgow in the World Championship with a Dutch team and we became world champion. And I had another three or four uh, individual champions in that, at that time. So let's say... I became a little bit famous as a coach. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there was no going back anymore. I yes. only could go forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was looking forward to that uh, competition in 1983 because I, I was still competing. Um, right. And um, uh, unfortunately, uh, at that time, we had the, the big split in the UK where um, the TAGB split from the UKTA. So uh, my instructor went and I didn't get a chance to competing it. Um, uh, you know, I competed the year after in the in Los Angeles at um, right. Master Grandmaster Heel chose competition, but yeah, uh, yeah it was uh, it was uh, an interesting time in the early eighties. There was a, there was a lot happening at that time. So yeah, but uh, well well done to uh, to you and uh, your team on that. Yeah, it was it was was a nice time. I, I I look back with a very nice memory. But you know all the competitions. You look back because sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Yes. It's important to enjoy what you're doing, and then and make sure that your competitors uh, are being cared of, and you know that you that you are one team with them. That you you, sure. you have to feel that you care for them, even you are maybe the master or whatever grandmaster. I, I I really am not so much involved in that master stuff. For yes. me, it's more important that when I when I go with my competitors somewhere. I really want, I mean, I'm like a father to them, you know. Yeah, this yeah. is my, my always have been my way to be as close as possible to them and to give the best what, what we can do. But that's not also in the social life is like that. Yeah. No, I, I, I like that. I like that approach because I think that um you know it's something that uh, I've tried to foster myself to be close to my to my students and so they can approach me and ask me and, and not not be afraid. Yeah. And I think that's very, very important. And it, it makes for a very, very um, successful uh, relationship, but also a successful team as well. So, yes, yeah, yeah d- definitely. Um, I, I have to say that I'm, I'm very, very jealous of you and your flexibility in your seat in more senior years, because uh, uh, I had a, I had a unfortunately a hip operation about uh, 15 uh, yeah. years ago. Yeah. Which um I, I, it, it was a difficult hip operation. I lost a lot of my flexibility. Um, but mm. um, I remember coming to the IIC and seeing you and thinking, wow, <laughs> I would love to still be able to do that. So my, my question to you is that, um, you know, did, did you have a certain amount of natural flexibility? Was it something that you worked really hard with? I'm assuming you worked hard with it anyway, because, you know, no matter what you have, you still have to maintain it. Uh, I think... Uh... It's always an investment of, of time when you yes. do something or you want to achieve something. So um, I already told you that when after we became a, a green belt, I started training almost every day. Mm. And luckily, at th- that time, there was nobody who could teach you stretching because at that time there was no stretching. I mean, you did some exercise, but nobody could really teach stretching. 
Sure. So I found a book of stretching from Dan Anderson. It was in uh, on the on the English mar markets. Oh yes, I yeah. The book, and I started to uh, apply that. Let's uh, say static uh, um, stretching. Yeah. And I, I I I used those exercises, and I I did it really every day, and I still do it every day. Yeah. Now I'm more in in the dynamic stretching. I, I like yes. the dynamic stretching. So I, I do most of the time. Yeah, I do the dynamic stretching, and that's something that really makes you better. But sure. unfortunately, people do not understand. I'm sorry. I want I want to be criticized, people, or I don't want to be negative. But mm. uh, and I also don't want to be always too nice when I say something. <laughs> but really, people do not put efforts. No. In the old martial arts, uh, in the 50 years, I'm more than 50 years in martial arts, and I see so many people that have a high degree. They don't put efforts to become flexible or to remain flexible. I mean, yes. for them, it's just, um, okay, we go to the degrees and we get a, a seven degree, eight degree, whatever degree what people have. But you also have to imagine that every day is a day. If you do not stress, you lose one day. Yes. And and therefore, I, I have always done it. And from the beginning, I played football, so I, I was not flexible at all. But in a few years' time, I, I I I try to manage to make a full split, left, right, middle split, everything, and I still do oh. that, and I still do it every day, and I, I feel that um, my body is really trained for that, and I oh. I understand that many many people did not have the same goal as me, maybe maybe did not have the same time as me, and so on and so on, because for me, Taekwondo, I have I've do it at least for 35 years professionally. Only yes. I, I only did do that. I mean, yes. I did not have another job. I only did Taekwondo all my life. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, uh, Master, it's just about investment. I mean, it, if you want to be a good competitor and you want to be a top competitor, you have to train twice a day. If you yes. train one, one time a day, like many do, you have no chance to become a world champion. Yeah, maybe you are lucky. Yeah, yeah. But this is what I always say, even in my own club, in my own club, I say, you can be a top competitor because you have the guts, you have the talent, you have a good mentality. You can be, but if you don't train, forget about it. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I agree. It's it's uh, it's 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 a top, and you you have to be dedicated uh, to it as well. And you know, I often say to people that you know, it's it's not about a year, it's not about two years, but can you do it for three, four, five years? Can you keep keep that momentum and that consistency going? Um, and that that's that's the really the you know the what becomes a, a true tra champion doing it once is fine but can you repeat it yeah and also coming back to the stretching is or maybe also like push-ups whatever or squats mm -hmm. if you do it every day it takes 15 minutes 20 minutes a day to do some dynamic stretching to do your 40 push-ups or you do maybe 40 squats just do it every day it's seven times a week mm -hmm. then you do a lot Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, that that keeps you physical fit. It, 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 you you keep strong. And you don't need to go for. I mean, I I will be hopefully next week seventy. Right. Okay. So I'm not the youngster anymore, but still I can get up with with a lot of things. What yes. other people do because I do it every day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But not yeah. for hours because I am not interested to go to the gym for three three four hours a day. I just go. I do my own workout. Or I teach twice, three times a week. I teach, and that's it. It's more than enough just to keep fit and to be, you know, updated with the with the with the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I 
you know, le leading on from that, um, I, I, I started, uh, my first school was in um, 1983 when my, my first school, and I went professional then. I, I didn't, I was an aircraft engineer then. I didn't, and I left that. I was well, I, I was very well paid at that time. Yeah. <laughs> and then I started my school and then I wasn't very well paid. But um, <laughs> the, the, the thing I, I, I find now with, the, the change between those days and these days is generally when I started teaching people and started teaching maybe youngsters, most people could come in and they could do maybe five, 10 really good press-ups. Mm. Now, now I find that very rare that people come in and they can do that. Certainly in the UK where I teach, I don't find that. I don't know whether that's been your experience so far. People don't seem to be as, as fit um, as they were sort of base level. I don't know your, your experience on that. Okay, well, let's say in, in our school, uh, I, I teach together with my son, with Timothy. Yes. Uh, we do the Taekwondo and we also have kickboxing, of course. Yes. <clears throat> but uh, with the Taekwondo class, uh, we have uh, three levels. So we have the kids to eight, eight years old, and we have another group from, let's say, nine to 12, 13, and then we have, let's say, the adults class. Hmm. Adults class is re really difficult uh, because adults, you don't get adults or, anymore, especially uh, I don't know what happens in the life. 40 years ago, it was only adults. Now it's only youngsters. 90% yes. is youngsters. If I get an adult, we got, uh, okay, let's say after the holidays, September, October, let's say last month, we got uh, four, five adults, new adults. <laughs> but we got 20, 25 youngsters. So, uh, I mean, and if they come inside, yes, the first lessons for them they are terrible because I, I always say, you know, in, we work one hour and you have to work one hour. It doesn't matter if you're a white belt or you're black belt. You come here, right away you have to know what is our sequence, how we train, how, how fast, whatever. But after one month, they can do easily 10, 15 push-ups. Hmm. Because I always tell them, you come to our gym, you train two times a week, three times a week, okay? Don't waste your time the other days that you're not coming. Do hmm. the exercises, what we did yesterday. Do them today in your home and repeat the push-ups, do the squats, do some stretching, and repeat it at home. 10, 15 minutes doesn't cost you nothing. Yes. A day has 24 hours. If you have 20, 20 minutes available, do something. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. people do that because I really stress them on that. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. if I say if you come to our gym to twice a week, you train twice a week, one hour, you make never effort. You never get better. It's not possible. Hmm. I said, but do something at home to be physical fit. And then being fitter, you can also do more in the gym. Yes, yeah. definitely. They, definitely. They, they get the point. They get the point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I think it's um, one of my sayings is it's what you do every day that makes the difference. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think that needs to be the, the case, particularly with something like, like martial arts. But uh, no, thank you for your for your insight to that. Uh, what, one thing that I, I always like to um, to ask as well, sir. Now, I've got a couple of passions other than Taekwondo. I like uh, the, the the audience won't see it, but here's my guitar oh, collection. Wow. I, wow. I play I play music. I love music. But uh, you have Fender or Gibson? I, I've got a I've got well two Fenders. Okay, um, which one? Which one? Uh, this I've got a Fender Stratocaster, the blue one here. That's yeah. the my other Fender's in there. I've got a, a Telecaster, which is a copy Fender. That one. Wow. Uh, and some acoustic guitars, but I, I love. In your Marshall, Marshall there. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so I've, I've got a few musical things. Um, I also play uh, harmonica as well. Wow. A- and um, my other love is is motorbikes. But I always I always like to ask my guests, apart from when they're not doing taekwondo, what other passions do they have? Um, what do you like to do? You know, if you're not if you're not picking and punching. No, really, uh, I I admire you because really I love music. I when I was a kid, I I played drums. Oh wow! Yeah, but only until I was 13, 14 years old. So, but I love the music, and I really admire people that can play the guitar or piano. I really admire that. But unfortunately, I mean, I got so much involved in taekwondo. There was so mm. much a big passion for me. Yes, that all my time, really all my time, and I'm not as at the region now, but all my time went into that, into yes. training, into traveling, into teaching, into this and that. That doesn't okay. Doesn't mean that you cannot play twenty minutes uh, a day for a yeah, yeah. guitar, but I needed to have also an instructor to go and to take lessons and so on and so on. But I, it never really came up to me. Mm, but yes. I really admire people, and I, I can, uh, I can assure you, I look all sports. Yes. And when I see people that do break dance or go, whatever on their new bikes and what they do and the. Uh, the yeah. What people can do nowadays is so, so unbelievable. And I really admire all those people, what they can do. I cannot do that anymore, but still, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Music, music has always been my, my big passion, yeah. But yeah. I, can't, I can't play. Yeah. Well, it's 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 great. I've, I've tried to... Uh, funny enough, I started playing music uh, around the same time as I started uh, Taekwondo. But my, my my music did suffer because of the Taekwondo because I, I spent so much time doing it. But the good thing about it is we had a, a group of us that used to play together, but and we were wow. all black we were all black belts. Um, so so it was great. I had a good friend as well that uh, we used to go and train and then we used to go and have a jam together. Wow. Wow, what do you want more? <laughs> Which is really good. That's so, life. That's life. It, it was it was heaven, definitely. It was yeah. heaven. So you know. Wow, wow, wow. It it, it was excellent. I'm a little bit jealous, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> um so yeah, I, I still try and play every day as well. I, I do my uh, I love to train in the morning. I love to do my my uh taekwondo, my fitness training uh, in the morning, usually sort of six thirty, seven o'clock. I'm up very early. I go to bed very early, but I'm up very early. And right. um, so I, I do that. Then I play my guitar and play my harmonica. Wow. Um, wow. And, uh, yeah, life is busy because I've, I've still got young children as well. I've got older children. My oldest is 36. Okay. Um, and my youngest is 12. And there's two in between. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so. my, my, my oldest is 45. Okay. And yeah, my, youngest yeah. is, my youngest is my, my son, Timothy, is 25. Right, right, yeah. yes. So I, I still like to, to and I, I've encouraged all of them to play music as well. Yeah, um, you, you must. Yeah, yeah, yeah encourage all of them. So because that's something extra in life. Because music, music, and you can play everywhere and with everybody. Oh, yeah. it's 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 good. So I mean, you, you you've managed. Um, I, I, you've been very modest, actually, because um, you know you've managed to achieve uh, a lot in your your martial arts career. Um, one of the things I'd like to ask is: Is there anything else um, apart from continuing to to teach and inspire others? Anything else that uh, that you you see for yourself in martial arts? Uh, you come to a point that uh, you, you did a lot, you know, especially for the federation, for the World Federation. I mean, I mm. I was a treasurer, I was the secretary general, I was ITF director. 
and then we had elections and then you are cut of everything so you're out hmm. so that's a uh, uh, hard uh, you know it's a blow in your face okay hmm. so let's say that in the first uh, years that it was a little bit difficult but now i got to a point that i said why i need to worry i'm not 40 50 i don't have any other let's say <laughs> the career i had it's nice and I can still be around. I can still be helpful if they need me. Sure. But for the rest, uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a pensioner. Uh, I can enjoy my, my, my students. I can enjoy my son uh, going around the world, competing, giving seminars and maybe be useful. And for the rest, I don't have any other, let's say. No, it's okay. It's okay like this, you know, just yeah. to be uh, in shape and be around and working for our Italian Federation where I'm technical director here in Italy for the last 30 years and try to keep up with my masters in our organization. We have 20 masters, so I, to keep up with them and to, to try to motivate them, of, of course, to keep going. Yes. yeah, yeah. And also they motivate, motivate me, of course, also to keep going. So sure. that's... But for the rest, I don't have any, uh, let's say, big challenges to go for. Yes, yeah, 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 def- definitely. I, no, that, that that that's great. I think um, it, it's as you say. You know, you, you, part part of what we do is to try and motivate and, and inspire others. That's the, my biggest job. I think for me now is to is to you know try and push people forwards, and uh, hopefully they can get the benefits that I've had um, throughout my martial arts time as well you know through that so yeah def- definitely. yeah I, th- I think it's important for yourself that you you are in and you have your club let's say and then what do you want to do with the club now what do you want what do you want to create um hmm. super competitors or you just want to have a club that uh, has so many people that makes you also give you a good living yeah of course we have to be honest with each other because the club gives you a certain income and with this income you can have a better life and so on and so on it's all yeah. It's always uh, to make the balance of the things. Uh, my wife always complains with me because she says you are too competitive. The people, there's only one on one thousand people that really can make it to the top. <laughs> I mean, that can be a, a super competitor. That can, and that is also someone that can maybe can go on and stay on all his life, like 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 for example, what I do. And there are mm. not so many people like yourself and myself. Mm. that go and put so much efforts and that all all their life are always in taekwondo always there always around sure always everywhere i try to go everywhere if there's a competition i try to go there and, and try to be present and to to yeah. enjoy because i like the competition yes yeah 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 no, that's good actually, actually i'm sort of coming coming back to um the the uh, training aspects of taekwondo there actually was one question that i was thinking I, I must ask this question because obviously you know you you came over when um myself and master Ogwon we were starting puma martial arts and we were lucky mm-hmm. enough um to get um major general che over uh to um, do a, a seminar for us which was uh which is still uh absolutely fantastic and there's a you know, members in our organization that still remember it as a, mm. a challenging weekend, but a very good weekend. One of the things I remember very, very well was when I started that seminar on a Friday and um, he started uh, outlining the, the sine wave to us. My head 
was exploding <laughs> at that time. I was thinking, I've never seen this. What is this? <laughs> and in my mind, I was thinking, I don't think I'm ever going to do this. And um, obviously, a few years after that, uh, I went to Vienna, for example, in the um, master's seminar that um, uh, Major General Che did before uh, before he passed away. But I was going to ask you, because you started very, very early uh, in the early days of Taekwondo. And you were doing the, uh, you know, the, the hip twist system, so to speak. How did you find the transition from the hip twist to over to sine wave? How did you find that? Was it an easy transition for you? Well, <laughs> I, I can be very honest with you. Of course, I went to a lot of seminars with uh, General Jay. Yes. Uh, yeah, in the beginning was the hip. You know, there was, a, let, let's say, the karate movement, the Shotokan movement. Yes. More or less. yes. Okay. So we did a little bit of that uh, for many years, and I remember that very well. And then when you went to a seminar with it, you know, Choi, you came back home, and there was a little bit uh, modification of this and this and that. Hmm. And then you went to another seminar, and he changed this, this, and this and that. So it went slowly. It came up to you that you had to move a little bit more natural. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, then, because I, I never talk about sine wave in my gym. I always take a, a say you have to bounce your knee in order okay. to make a natural movement like you walk. Yes. I say you don't walk with your legs straight. You mm. you bend your knees when you walk. It's, it's the same in Taekwondo. Mm. And when you walk, you go a little bit up, you go a little bit down, and that's the same. Mm. So the, 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 the sine wave, I think people really misunderstand the, the talking about the sine wave, also the the writing about the sine wave. Yes. Because it's it's exaggerated. Yes. The way you know they show in the design in the in the papers, that's that's not true because it's just a little bit. Yes. And because you only drop a little bit in order that you can walk mm. forward, backwards, left, right. That's it. Yeah. So I, I yeah. never make a, a little bit a big clue about it. And I also see nowadays the sine wave is, is just a little bit because people are much more natural in their movement now. They have much more experience and they have better instructors how to teach to the people and so on and so on. I think it was a big exaggeration always in the past and maybe still, but for some people, the way they teach, yeah, in my opinion, in the wrong way. That's my opinion, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good. Uh, one thing I like to say is, is you know, you should you should see the sine wave without seeing it. Um, exactly. So, so it sh- as you say, it should look uh, very, very natural. The body should move uh, nice and easy. Um, I w- w- once I understood it, um, I loved it. <laughs> it was good because it, it did make my body feel good. Um, but yeah, prior because, to that, I'm sorry. because you have this, you know, when you start in a in a, in a in a in a walking in a walking position, for example, and you walk forwards, and then you feel that in the moment that you are in center. You're mm. up, let's say like that. You feel comfortable now. Mm. And then you can go down and then you can really explode. Yeah. So I think it's it, if you understand the basic of it, you know, that it, there is a moment of relaxed, not being tensed, and then boom, go for a super dynamic, strong movement with a good, you know, breath control. Sure. If you can explain to people that and also show them, then they will understand. They also will... Feel feel the joy in it in doing it. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And it does. It, it, that's a great word because it does. It does feel good. You know, if I when I see somebody performing it really well, it, it makes me happy uh, to see it. And uh, you know, just well, that, yeah. that that relaxation and everything. 
I think when we had the last World Cup, for example, a few weeks ago. Yes. When you see this, uh, this, these top competitors, they make no mistakes. It's all perfect. Yeah. You know, sometimes I miss a little bit of you know this, this killing. Yes. You know, this killing. Uh, what you yes. need also, you know, yes. the fire in the eyes. That's what I miss with ninety percent of people on the floor. I miss the fire in the eyes, the will of really hurting a person. Yes. It's all perfect. It's all in place. You know, it's all whatever. But there's no. Yeah. Well, sir, you're you're a man from my own heart because, uh, you know, it, it's. It, I think people often realize that the they they forget the martial part of the art because <laughs> the, the bottom line is it, it's there to uh, uh, to to break and and hurt. Event, you know, if you have to defend yourself, and I think that's very very important. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think that there's also something that we, what we that we got this when we started. Hmm. I mean, this, uh, this, this having pain by blocking and being more realistic. Hmm. That was our our beginning, no? Yes. But this beginning, people have not anymore. We because we don't do this anymore. That we hurt each other or whatever. That we block. We don't do that anymore. No. So this comes also back to the competitors. I mean, they are all perfect. They kick well. They are flexible. They are very very precise. But really, that you know that these guts that you need to yeah. have to put someone on the floor. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I miss. That's what I miss more and yeah. more. Well, yeah, and I th I think also, um, you know, if if you, if you go back to you know those days, the sixties and seventies of of sparring, I remember you know we 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 would, um, you know, we do our basics, and then the instructor would say line up, uh, right now spar, but there was no. Right, put your safety equipment on. It was just spar. That's okay. it. And you and uh, I think <laughs> at, at that time you knew that if somebody hit you hard, it was going to hurt, or they punched you, yeah. uh, it, it was going to hurt. So it, we got used to no no safety equipment. I, and I, I actually remember the very first time I put safety equipment on, and I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it. It was uh, it was really strange. I had to, it was actually um, uh, June Junri gloves. Junri. The yellow yes. ones. Yes. <laughs> I, I put those on. I think, wow, this is strange. My hand felt like it was huge. <laughs> yeah, that was also the moment, you know, that you have all these phases of different kind of sparring in the years because I, I also sparred from 1969 to 73. Mm. There was no equipment. We had no equipment. So no. from 1973, then we got this equipment. So we also started to kick double. because. Yes. In the beginning, you didn't uh, needed to kick double because the hands it was only the hand was. In. Oh, okay. oh we're back. back. We're back. We're back. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I, lo I, I lost you there. I think it, I'm not sure if it was mine. I think it was my connection, but uh, we, we lost you. But so you really said about the safety equipment. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was there was something. Yeah, in the beginning, there wasn't safety equipment. You, you just hit each other with the yeah. bare hands. 
Yes, yeah. But my, I remember my very first competition. In fact, I, I had my. There was no weights as well. There was no weights, and they just said, "Right, green belts over there." So I went over there, and there was all these big guys. I'm only five foot, five foot five, and um, I had my ribs broken, <laughs> but it's with a punch. Somebody, and that was it. And I remember going home, and my mum said, "Oh, you're not going to do that again, are you?" I said, "Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> it was great." Yeah, I, I remember, for example, my instructor. We come back to uh, hurting each other. This is, this is a nice thing yeah. because the people that listen to us, they, they don't know what we are talking about. <laughs> I remember we, on Saturday we always had the special competition class with my yeah. with our head instructor. That was in another place in Groningen, and so thirty kilometers away from my house. And I remember in the end of the training of those trainings, we always had to line up the competitors and out take the, the, the kimono out. No, there was the old ones. Oh, so you put it oh, behind. Yeah. So you yeah, had a yeah. body, let's say, you were naked in the front. Yeah. So, and then he, he had this stick, like <laughs> the, bamboo, the bamboo, the candlestick. Yeah. So we had to stay in line, in one line. Tuck, 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 tuck. And then he was there with the stick and he said, uh, are you ready? Yeah. Well, we already knew what was coming, no? <laughs> so we got the the hit on the on the, on the the stomach. <laughs> Hard, hard. That was part of our training. Yeah. But <laughs> at that time, I was, let's say, 17, 18. I was, yes, 16, 17 years old, and I was still at home. Mm. So I never could show my mother my <laughs> stomach because it was there were always two stripes. <laughs> two stripes. <laughs> but I loved it. I loved yeah. it. I couldn't take care if he it was hurting me or whatever. I didn't, I, it was just... To be stuff, yeah. to be tough. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very much like that. But uh, well, we're, we're coming to the to the end of the of the podcast uh, shortly. Well, th- there's there's always a, a couple of things uh, really that I'd like to to ask from you, sir. And that is that uh, maybe sometime in the future you'll you'll come on and, and do this again, and we'll just uh, you know maybe maybe talk about things that have uh, happened maybe in the uh, in the taekwondo world. So I'd, right. I'd love I'd love to do that. Um, the second thing is is that um, you know if um, uh, if if you need anything, we can put some things in the in the in the show notes. Maybe uh, about the your uh, association, your schools. The, the, it's it's up to you. Um, but I just want to say uh, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, share uh, mm. your Taekwondo life, your experiences in Taekwondo um, with the Living Martial Arts uh, audience. Um, I'm sure that uh, uh, this this episode is going to be played by many many people, and I, I will I will I will make sure that I tell my students it's their duty to listen <laughs> because they're they're going to be listening to somebody who who is uh, a legend in my in the uh, Taekwondo uh, channels. So thank you. Well, thank you very much, uh, Master. It was uh, really enjoyable to talk about let's say about the old times, yes. and maybe next time when we have another talk, we can talk about the new times <laughs> yes yes def- definitely that 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 would that would be really nice uh thank you very very much um i if i can ask you just to uh, stay there for a moment um be- when i close down uh i'd like to say to everyone um thank you very much for listening uh thank you to um grandmaster wimboss for his time and um you know please leave your 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 comments about this podcast uh, in the usual places thank you very much and hopefully i'll i'll catch up with you all very very soon Thank you.